Father, this week, um, you know that it's just been a, a bit more challenging in some ways than others. And so, Father, I, I just pray that, um, that, Father, you would help us all to take a few minutes, regardless of our perspective, regardless of what we're feeling, regardless of what we're thinking, regardless of what has been going on in our life and our mind this week. Father, I pray that you would help us to slow down and enter into your presence, to seek your face, to lay down all the things that distract us, all the things that we try to do to keep ourselves busy. Father, I pray that you would just help us to fall at your feet this morning and hear from you. Father, I know that you desire for us to realize you're with us and that you're walking alongside of us and that you have never left us or forsaken us. And, and so, Father, I pray in this moment this morning that our hearts would be overjoyed with a sense of your presence, that we would feel you moving among us. That, Father, we wouldn't just be going through the motions this morning, but that we would know that you are here and with us. And so, Father, I pray that you, in this moment, would have your way with our hearts and our minds, that your word would speak to us, that, that we would truly be able to take a look inside at the things that are going on in our own life, and our own world. And I pray that you would help us to lay those at your feet and to trust you with those not try to pick them up or take care of them ourselves, but truly trust you. And so for the next few minutes, Father, I pray that you would be lifted up and glorified through everything that's said and done. It's in the precious name of Jesus I pray all these things. Amen. All right, well, um, we are going to dive in a little bit this morning. I wanted to tell you just kind of uh, where my head's been this week. Um because that's important as to why we're going to talk about what we're talking about today. Uh, it's interesting when all of a sudden you, you, you've had like two months of this different routine almost. It's, it's, been, felt, it's felt like a long time, maybe not quite two months, but it's, we're kind of pushing on that. And everything's kind of changed and everything's been different and we're kind of settling into this new routine. And then all of a sudden, not because we wanted the new routine, but just because we're kind of adapting and you know kind of finding a place in it. And then all of a sudden, there's this announcement coming, okay, we're going to change things and we're going to move to phase two. And then all of a sudden, there's this rush of how do we handle this? Because it, it feels better, but it doesn't feel better. And it feels like we can make progress, but it doesn't feel like everything just feels different and everything feels challenging. And and in the role we've been in trying to figure out what it looks like to step back into church services and how we manage all that and how we make wise choices... I want to look around and find the right answers. And I and again, I had a couple conversations with friends this weekend. It's clear that everybody's kind of feeling this pressure to say, I, I need to figure out the right way to do this. And there's this side of it and there's that side of it. And this is a complicated thing that it's got all these different moving parts and pieces. And we just want answers. Like, I just want to clear, like, how could I do this? Or how could we do that? Or how could this just work out and be fine? And I, I think I was probably doing okay, generally speaking, with how all of this 
stay at home. I, like my spirits were pretty good. And then for some reason, like, this past week, I feel like that just changed a little bit. And I was a little more down. I was struggling a little bit more. I was feeling the pressure and the weight of it a lot more. And in the midst of that, I, I think I kind of started to wrestle with why. And I, I called some friends. I called some people. I talked to some different people. So like one of my blessings this week was great conversations that I have with people who speak into me and encourage me. And um, people I just greatly appreciate that uh, just kind of boost me up a little bit and help me dream and help me think and those kind of things. And the ability to kind of be supported by those who support you and spend time with those you love. And, and I'm just, there were a lot of blessings this week relationally that were just encouraging. But in the midst of all that, I, I started to wrestle with the fact that whenever things like this come up, we really desperately want answers. Like we really desperately as a people want to know what the next step is. We, we like it whenever somebody comes out and lays out a plan that's like this step and this step and this step. And then there's all these variants and all these different things and it just doesn't feel as clean cut. We want clean cut. We want here's exactly how it's going to work. Here's exactly how it's going to work. Because by having a clean cut plan, something perfectly spelled out, something we can look forward to, we feel more safe and secure in knowing what the next steps are. We know that this is how it's going to work. This is what I can expect. This is what I can... I, I just know. I feel, I feel safer and more secure in the plan. And the reality is we've been talking about idols the last couple of weeks. We talked a little bit about idols that um, revolve around our own holiness and our own desire for people to see us a certain way. And we talked about the idols of of how we get wrapped up in politics and this world and the governments of this world and trying to get things that will solve all of our problems and solutions. Last week we discussed that and how that becomes an idol force that we intermingle and mix in with our faith and our and what it means to follow Jesus. And we, we make the two synonymous, which just isn't right. But this week, I, I, I as I wrestled with my own desire to have answers, my own desire to have a clear picture of what to do next, I realized that for many of us, one of the biggest idols we carry in our life is the idol of wanting to know what to do, wanting to have some say and control in what happens next, wanting to be able to take hold of the reins and steer for ourselves. And honestly, one of the things that probably keeps us from truly surrendering to God's presence and truly allowing ourselves to cry out to Him and seek Him is we're afraid that if we really let ourselves go and let go of some of that say-so, let go of those reins, let go of some of that control, we don't know what may happen. We, we have to live by faith. We have to live in a way that is not in line with what we're used to. It's not the same as what we're used to, and it becomes a real struggle on how do I press forward, how do I do what I need to do, and, and therefore the idol is my desire for answers, my desire for control, my desire to steer. And this morning I want to talk a little bit about some of these things that Scripture says that kind of help give us some encouragement this morning. Uh, one of those I just want to start with is kind of this feeling that I think we can relate to, and sometimes we think that God's Word is full of like encouragement. Hey, you should be feeling this way. You shouldn't have any doubts. You shouldn't have any fears. You shouldn't have any worries. You should just feel confident in God. And, and when I start to talk in a sermon like this, sometimes we get a little nervous because we're like, 
if Nick starts telling me that I just need to walk by faith and let go of my fears and my worries and my anxieties and the things I'm concerned about, it's way easier to say that than to do it. But what's great is when Scripture comes alongside and paints a similar picture. Psalm chapter 13. This is the entire chapter right here. How long, O Lord, will you forget me? How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemy say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. We see that beginning of this chapter, this section, and we hear these kind of words, and that's kind of the the heart's cry that we sometimes feel, like, God, where are you in the midst of these circumstances? Why can't you just give me clear answers? Why can't you spell out this path perfectly? I feel like things are pressing in on me. I feel like my enemies are winning. I feel like my anxieties are winning. I feel like the discouragement is overwhelming me. I feel lost and like I have no clear path of where I'm headed next. Why is it this stuff is happening to me? How long are you going to leave me in this season of struggle? It's the psalm writer's heart, the psalm writer calling out to God. And we can realize that it's not wrong (laughs) to wrestle with these feelings. It's not wrong or sinful to call out to God and say, God, where are you? Because here is how I'm feeling. This chapter ends with, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. If I remember the ways God has been faithful to me in the past, I can remember that I trust in you. And though I don't sense you, though I don't feel you, though I don't know where you're leading right now, though I don't know what the answers look like, God, I trust in you. And I share that this morning to kind of set the tone for the conversation and some of the things I want to encourage us with. Because as we look at God's Word, we often think like it's this picture of all these people who did these amazing things and stood up and and really just trusted in God and had this amazing faith to, to, to walk around a wall and see it crumble, to, to follow God's will so deeply that they would walk into a fire as a punishment for not bowing down to some other God. Like people who would just give of themselves in such major ways and we think, wow, I just don't feel like I'm up for that. Or that I am that strong or that I have that ability. And then we see Psalm 13 and we realize that Even David, a man after God's own heart, even these psalm writers cried out to God and said, Where are you? Why are you leaving me feeling like this? What is it you're doing? Where is it we're going? Why am I struggling like this in this moment? And they're letting their heart pour out in this sort of way. And though though these hard times are here, God doesn't want us to lose sight of the fact that He's still with us. And the reality is, in these moments, when we feel lost, when we feel God's absence, we start to go, okay, I can't handle this. I've got to fix this. I've got to take control. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to find this answer. I've got to find this solution. I've got to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. I've got to take care of these plans for this next week. I can't figure out how to build this or do that. I I, I need answers. I need solutions. And so where do we turn? And we start to turn to a number of different places. We start to turn to our own action and confidence in ourselves. And so we pick up 
our ability and our tasks. I, I think about Abraham early on in the book of Genesis. God promises him he's going to have a son, right? But he's getting old, and the son isn't coming. And, and they, they, he wants to have this great nation. He wants to have all these people, and he, so he starts to look for his own solutions. And he ends up having a child with his wife's handmaiden, and, and all this stuff is going on. And, and in the midst of the circumstance, he kind of takes matters into his own hand. And God says, no, 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 no. That's not the person I'm going to give my blessing to. That's not who I'm going to raise up into a great nation. I am going to give you a son with your wife, Sarah. Trust me. Follow my plan. Stick to my plan. Trust me. But at the same time, we feel this need to pick up control, to take hold of these things ourselves. And I don't know that we necessarily stop and say, I, I really worship my own, my own agenda, my own decisions, my own wisdom above God's. I don't think it's one of those things where we build this carved image as an idol. But we have such dependency in our lives, on the things we can control, the answers we can give, the wisdom we can offer, that we still lean on it, and we seek it, and we try to find it, and we just get too nervous and too fidgety, and we start to turn to our own devices, or we start to see the things we fear. We start to not know the answers. We start to feel the hurt and pain and fear that come along with not having the answers, and therefore we turn to distractions. And the distractions come along to numb our minds and numb our hearts and numb our attention so that we're not paying attention to or thinking about those things. And that's where we're, a lot of our normal idols come into play. The things that we get consumed with because we're chasing after our own desires, not always because we just want to feel good, but just sometimes because we want to distract ourselves from the things that are worrying us, that are pressuring us, that are pushing in on all sides. And therefore, I can just binge watch this Netflix show and laugh and not think about it. I can just go play this video game and tune out and not think about it. I can just go and do this or that or the other and not think about it. I can numb my senses with this substance. I can do this. Like Our world is consumed with these distractions, and all of them, our way of leaning on our own control, holding on to the things that we can control. I can control what I think about right now, maybe if I can distract myself a little bit. And by taking hold of what we can handle and manage, we're trying to say, if I can just get by in this circumstance, if I can just get by in this moment, I'll feel a little better. There's a passage that um, is interesting. In Deuteronomy chapter 4. I was reading a book this week, and this verse came up, and it just kind of hit me. Um, Moses has just found out he's not going to the promised land. He's, um, you know, he's, he's been told he's not going. He's trying to get the people ready. He's, you know, all these things are happening, and we know what all is about to take place, and they're about to go in and overcome these people, and God's reminding them of his laws and the things he's taught them, and it says this in chapter 4, verse 5 of Deuteronomy. See, I have taught you statutes and rules as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should do them in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. Keep them and do them, for that will be your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples, who, when they hear all these statutes, will say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon Him. And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules and 
uh, so righteous as all the law that I set before you today. And he's saying, look, as you go into enter into this land, the people are going to see you and they're going to talk about the wisdom you have. But not because you yourself are so wise. They're going to talk about the understanding in this nation that is so wise because of what it says in verse 7 here. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us when we call upon Him? What other people has a God who is so close to them when they call on His name? And I know that it's hard when we turn, we feel like we turn to God and we're saying, God, here we are. But we just feel like maybe he's not answering. Maybe he's silent. Maybe we're not getting a clear picture of what's next. And therefore, after a little bit of time of calling on God and hoping that he'll answer, do we really believe he will? All those questions that swirl around our heads, ultimately we get frustrated and we start to turn to our own understanding. We start to lean on our own understanding. Proverbs, right? The passage in Proverbs says, um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. But the problem is I tried to lean on Him. I tried to call on His name. I tried to trust Him. And just like the Israelites who saw His miraculous work and saw the things He would do, then they would start to feel a lull in that he wasn't still doing something, or they maybe couldn't see it in the moment. They would turn and start to do other things. They would start to follow other paths. They would hold on to the gods of the people whose land they were conquering. They would turn to other images and idols and, and things that would distract, things they could have control over, things that they could grab onto that gave them a sense of security. And I know we've talked about this before, but right now, in this season... I think it's important for us to remember because we want to grab onto something we can control. We want to engage in something that might distract us. We want to engage in something that will take our mind off of or help us feel a little bit better, feel like we have some sense of something we can do when we just feel like we have no control over the circumstances. And the weight and the pressure of all the things pounding in on us when we are trying to rely on our own understanding, and we're not fully trusting God, will overwhelm us. We remember Jesus' words in the book of Matthew, chapter 6. He's in the Sermon on the Mount. He's just shared the Lord's Prayer. He's talking about fasting. He's talking about the ways that we can turn to and rely on Him to call out to His name and seek His face. And this is kind of where He goes in after, the, after those sections of teaching. He says, Therefore I tell you, in light of, kind of therefore, is, is kind of, he's been talking about, here's all the access you have to me. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the fields and how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? 
O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Like Right now, I really desperately want answers on how to proceed. Like It's frustrating. It's tiring. It's a lot of things when we start to wrestle with what do we do next? And how do we go about this? And what do we do? And I, I, I just don't know. But you know what I do know is I'm learning more and more every day that in an effort to try to lead and do all the right things, one of the first things we forget is to call out to the God who is near. Sometimes I don't even think it's like we're calling and we're not hearing. I think it's we're calling and we're not really stopping long enough to hear. We're not slowing down long enough to give him a chance. We're not coming consistently enough to give him opportunity. And, and I'm feeling the conviction of there's so many distractions in the midst of this season. Yeah, we feel like we have more time, but yet somehow in some ways we feel like we have less. And time is a weird thing. And Ultimately, what I'm confident of is that I've filled it with many distractions. I have tried to stay busy to do this, that, and the other, but not really slowed down to call on His name, to seek first the kingdom of God. More than ever, I feel like I've slipped into that mode of be busy and try to do what you can because we don't feel like we can do much, so therefore we got to do something. And therefore, I, I work really hard to get even more busy than I was before in some ways. I have more time to... I don't know, it's a hard thing to explain. But I think for us, we have to wrestle with this idea that in our lives, idols are not always clearly defined statues. Sometimes they're more abstract things, but we hold on tightly to the things we control, can control. And we seek answers in the things we can control. And we seek to know what we're going to wear and what we're going to eat and what we're going to drink and what we're going to do and all the things that are coming tomorrow, we want to know and we want to hold on to and we want to take care of it now. And this morning, God may be saying, no, lay that down. Don't worship and serve that. Don't chase after that. Chase after me. Because in this season, in this time, you have an opportunity to be still and know that I am God. You have an opportunity to fix your eyes on the kingdom to seek first the kingdom and all the things that I want to do in you. One of the people I got to talk to this week was my youth pastor. I called him. We chatted for a while. And we were talking through a lot of things. And he's trying to solve or you know work through these problems with the church that I grew up in. Plus, he works at Indiana State, and they're trying to wrestle with a lot of those things. And we were just discussing a lot of big picture stuff, but ultimately came around to our desires and what it means to follow God and to seek Him first and to have our eyes fixed on Him and to spend that time with Him in prayer and to call out on His name and know that He's there and let the Spirit overwhelm us and work through us and let the Spirit have its way through us. And just having a conversation about the difficulties and really letting go and really letting God do His thing. 
And it's hard to always know the answers of what that looks like and how to surrender and how to really feel like God's moving through our lives. But one thing I know for sure is if we're looking for the answers and we're just trying to solve a problem and we're just trying to get to a certain solution that we've already fixed our minds on and we're not surrendering and saying, God, wherever you lead, I will follow. Whatever your kingdom's purpose is, that's where I'll go. Wherever it is you're guiding and leading me, that's what I want to do. Father, you first and all of my things take a second place, back seat. God, I want to follow you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Just want to encourage you this week with that. Because I have a feeling that a lot of us are kind of trying to chase after this idol of what it looks like for us to control the things we can control, to hang on to the answers that we might have, to try to find answers to who's responsible for this, try to find out answers to who's who's the trustworthy person to follow on the way out of here. Like We're just grasping at straws trying to find answers. And the answer is still right here in God's word and in who he is and where he's leading. And we need to fix our eyes on his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that he has for us first and foremost. We may not be headed the same direction that he wants us to be headed right now. He may have something completely different, a completely different set of answers for us. We have to humble ourselves and seek him because we want to be a people who are known for our wisdom, not because of how smart we are, but because we have access to a God who is so close to us that all we have to do is call out to Him and call upon His name. Let's pray. Father, I love you and I'm so thankful for your people this morning. I'm thankful for our mothers and thankful for all the wonderful words of encouragement and things that are popping up along the side here and just the moments of praise and celebration and things we have going on. But Father, more importantly, I am thankful for a God who told us time and time again one of the most consistent commandments in all of Scripture is do not fear. Promises that constantly remind us you are with us. You have never left us or forsaken us. Father, we find it hard sometimes when we settle into that Psalm 13 mentality to remember the truth that you haven't left us. You haven't forsaken us. You are still right here by our side. You have never walked away. But Father, we distract ourselves. We try to take hold of the reins. We do things to make us miss the fact that you're with us. And so, Father, I pray that you would overwhelm us with a sense of your presence and knowing that you are here right now, knowing that you are God and that you are in control and that you love us. I love you. I thank you. I give you all praise for all the work that you are doing in our lives. And I pray that you would give us wisdom in how we move forward. It's in the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.